Hello and welcome to another edition of the Tigers Down Under. I'm your host, Alex, and with me I have Dan. How are you, Dan? Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty good. Um, I, it's, been, it's, been, it's been a pretty good pretty good weekend for football. Um, bit disappointing with uh, Socceroos and the Asian Cup, but other, apart from that, it was pretty good. Um, we s- smashed your boys in the Air League. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, but no, I think... Um, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm in a pretty good mood. Back to work. It's been a while since I've been at work, so um, Christmas holidays. But uh, yeah, I'm getting back into the swing of things. Feeling pretty good. Feels like um, it's been a while since we've had a city game, and uh, quite a lot has happened since the last fixture. I think we said um, it might have been Mike, it might have been Logan. I can't remember who it was. Just the the concept that going, or it might have been yourself actually, going from the Sunderland game to the Millwall game. You know, almost having an entirely new side potentially coming out for the game when you've got Philogen coming back in. Uh, and we also saw Zurori and Giles get debuts in this fixture against uh, Millwall. And of course, Lakilo, who started in the game against Sunderland, uh, now out on loan as well. So quite a bit of movement in those last few days of the transfer window, quite a different side that lined up against Millwall. Um, we'll talk transfer window specifics after this pre- after this review of the Millwall game. Um but I think it all gets summed up in that first 10 or 20 minutes in this Millwall game. How, how did you find, I guess we just we hit the ground running, really? Yeah, it was, um, I think there's been times this season where we've talked about, like, or lamented the fact that we seem to be so slow to get going. And it's always, it's often felt like we needed to go or go behind before we really started playing the football that we're capable of. Um, but, you know, luckily for us, that wasn't the case in this game. And we came out like a house on fire. Um, we you know, dominating possession. We were playing some really nice, crisp football, moving the ball around. There was good intensity in the press. We had Millwall um, in all sorts of trouble very early on, um, you know, exemplified in, in the way that, that goal came about. It was um, some nice passing, which sort of fell apart, but then we, you know, we pressed and we regained um, and a cracking strike from um, from the new new boy, um, Zaruri, who cannoned it back off the crossbar. Um and, you know, our returning hero, the man who's, you know, we've almost placed promotion on his shoulders. Um, you know, Philogene comes back after a, a, a little while out with injury. Um, Johnny on the spot um, takes a touch, puts it in the bottom corner. I'm away from the keeper. Um, and it really felt like at that point, you know, when we scored too early and seemed to have Millwall figured out very quickly that I thought, you know, here's an opportunity that we would go and, and grab a few more. Um, but it sort of never quite all fell, you know, clicked into into gear after that point, um, despite, you know, uh, again, after the goal, still quite a, a long period of just controlled, dominant football, um, but lack of, yeah, goal, lack of goals and probably a, really a lack of clear opportunities. Um, we seem to yeah, hold the ball really well and, and we had Millwall at arm's length. But we just couldn't quite get that killer ball um, in. And I think there's a couple of times, you know, like Carvalho maybe should have passed a little bit earlier and then sort of drove into the box and got stuck behind players and went for the shot. And um, I think it ends up with Tufan of straying offside and getting in the way um, where it, may otherwise have gone for a corner or if we'd have, if he'd played a bit earlier we get a better opportunity but um i just yeah I, i'm you know after what was a really lean sort of or, or a few disappointing um results we sort of turned it around now with you know two one nils probably kind of in that have come come about sort of in different sort of uh circumstances but um equally important and impressive for different ways yeah yeah and i think i think that's it and i think as you said there um the fact that we were keeping Millwall at arm's length i think in some ways the players probably got a little bit complacent um the fact that Millwall didn't have a shot at all in the first half i think probably played into the players thinking of you know we've sort of got the game one and you know one and dusted at, at 1-0 and not needing to go on and get that second as a matter of urgency. But uh, I think the, I think Fletch on the comms at one point said we were trying to walk the ball into the goal at some points. Um, and, and I think my bigger frustration or my, my, my frustration with it as well, which sort of 
was, was seen from a few players was it, it, it seemed as if they were more interested in playing for free kicks or penalties than they were in actually taking the shot and taking it on themselves. And I know, I think it was mainly in the second half, but Philogene, uh, at one point, I think the defender had his arms around him while he was in the box and Philogene sort of was shielding the ball and then sort of tried to turn and, and, and you know, had the arms on him and then sort of just went down thinking, uh, you know, I'll buy a penalty here, essentially. Um, I think Tufan had one. Tufan, in fairness, was more just off balance, um, had been sort of knocked by the Millwall player and was off balance and sort of slipped over. Uh, and then Ohio towards the end as well. Um, you know, maybe in his defence, still getting used to, to the physicality of the English game, but had a Millwall player sort of, I wouldn't call it pulling his shirt, but it was sort of like making making contact and then Ohio basically just stopped what he was doing. You know, Ohio was a lot bigger and stronger than the Millwall player, but basically just stopped and looked at the ref for a free kick and the Millwall player just took it off his feet and ran off with it. Um, it just sort of three examples that sort of spring to mind, but but just situations like that where I just... I'd like to see the players just playing the ball, playing the whistle um, and, and trying to create something themselves rather than relying on the ref. Like we've seen over the season, the refs aren't going to give us much. I think we've only had two, maybe three penalties for the season. Um, so it's not as if it's not as if we're in the referee's good books in that sense. It's not as if we've got some great record of getting free kicks and penalties and that sort of thing. So it just felt as if the players are sort of, you know, took the foot off the gas a little bit, thought that it would come, for, like, you know, it'd be made easy for them mm. from from the actions of others rather than having to do it themselves. And, you know, Millwall, to their credit, really worked their way back into it in the second half. And I think they brought on Bradshaw, which I found a, at the time I found a really strange substitution because I thought, you know, geez, I thought they'd be putting more defenders on. But that, I guess they sensed that the game was shifting a little bit and it and it did and they had a few really good chances. Um, you know, also almost caught off his line. Um, but then sort of redeemed, redeemed himself with a few really good saves in the dying moments of the game as well to keep it at 1-0. And, you know, ultimately 1-0, clean sheet, two clean sheets in a row. Um, you take the three points, but, you know, we'll talk about the games to come. You'd hope that there's a few big wins in the near future. Yeah, I think um, it's interesting that you talk how, where you talk about the players sort of looking for free kicks and 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 that aspect of it when like the way the goal came about was from you know players being so like being mm. aggressive and just taking this taking those up trying to take the opportunity trying to make a mark on the game so um certainly something to to think about hopefully that's a little bit of um you know with some of those players especially in that front line not being not knowing you know the others like enough yet like that gel sort of sense of gelling where Philly Jean's going if I take the shot is anyone going to follow in maybe or you know it's because oh maybe I'll just try and see if I can get get makes up get a get a free kick or whatever but um yeah you'd hope that that sort of attitude shifts um in the coming games but um I've forgotten I mean look on a positive front though I mean what I found so spectacular even even not just in those first 20 or 30 minutes but throughout the game was I feel like before his injury, Philogene, you sort of joked about it, was was carrying up motion hopes on his shoulders because he was sort of the star boy of the team. Uh, and then since his injury, we had Carvalho come through and, you know, assist Morton for a goal and then get a goal for himself against Sunderland. Um, you've now got them on the pitch together. You've also then added Zaruri. You've got Irma sitting in the wings um, ready to, to come on and make an impact. You've got Tufan, who, who's no slouch either. You've then also got behind them, you've got um, Slater and Morton who can contribute from midfield as well and have scored plenty of goals. You've then got Giles at fullback who can push up and get get forward and create opportunities. And Coyle can, can whip a ball in as well. There were times when it felt like there was, you know, a front six, front seven. We, we had Millwall really pretty much pinned in their box. And it felt like whoever the ball fell to, it wasn't like it was a, you know, no disrespect potentially, but it wasn't like it was a Laquilo or an Alley or or someone like that where you feel like they're almost disrupting our rhythm or they, they've got a poor touch or that they're not going to actually be able to contribute. Whoever it fell to was, you know, it was as if they were the star of the team. Like if it fell to a Carvalho and you're like you're expecting him to do something or it would fall to Philogene. Like it just felt as if that front line was just studded with attacking talent. Yeah, I think um, it's been, it's you know it, it felt you know it's been a, not we haven't had um, like a unit at the helm for for too long, but we've seen sort of like 
between each season, massive um, changes and massive turnover in players and, and, you know, steady improvement in the squad. But I think, I guess, like, I guess it was just dependent on league positioning because of where we were and the opportunity that has, you know, we've managed to get us, you know, presented to us by, you know, the hard work and the results this season that we, we are so close. And, you know, I, I fully understand we've even spoken about like, you know, is it too soon to make that push? Um, you know, because there are certainly going to be some interesting financial ramifications, um, you know, actually secure a promotion, and that in by, is no way guaranteed. Even if we make the playoffs, there are, there's going to be some really tough games um, in that, um, the, those set of fixtures. With the, you know, look at who's in the top six and, it, you know, who's fighting for even just to fight out for, you know, the fight between maybe second and third is potentially heating up as well and looking interesting. Um, so it's... It's been very interesting, but, you know, as Jun has, you know, put his money where his mouth is um, and he has, you know, backed us um, again, put some money forward um, and almost undoubtedly, um, you know, improved the squad again in, in a short amount of time. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, but yeah, we've got an in, fairly insanely talented, um, you know, frontline particularly. Um, and there's, you know, even we've still got Connolly to come back from his shoulder injury. I want to say that we've got Delap to come back. Um, there, there, there's, there's louder and louder murmurings. I mean, there was, I think, Rosenia was saying I we're getting. He was going to. They're going to find out about whether he needed yeah. surgery or not very shortly. So I think it's this Friday, so maybe Saturday mm-hmm. our time. Yeah. Um, but you know, where there's a chance that he may be back for, you know, the run in, and I mean. I fingers crossed. I mean, I really do hope that's the case because um, he could be, you know, exactly what you we need coming into that end of the season just to add, you know, give us a, just another point of difference, um, you know, moving into that run in, hopefully into the playoffs, those sorts of things where you've got, you know, just another element of pace and power. But, um, you know, you've got, we've still got Traore. I think he'll be back shortly. You've got yeah. Seri to come back sometime in the next couple of weeks um you know we have built ourselves a really solid squad and and, and i mean finally it looks like that left back problem again fingers crossed no um injuries any of that sort of nonsense you know but i mean it's a it's one game but for us but he you know jars is a quality player and he's shown you know he's performed at that level very consistently before which i think is probably different from you know, Vinagre, who sort of just had that bit of hype of played playing in the Premier League a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I think um, it seems to be really smart acquisitions of guys who have, for the most part, been here, um, I don't know, not necessarily for the most part, but maybe half-half. We've got half of the guys that have come in in this January window have been in the championship and done it. Um, in the championship, you know, Zaruri's at Burnley last season. Um, Giles was here with Middlesbrough, I think. Yeah. Um, so guys who, yeah, performed really well at this level. So um, I think it's, yeah, it's a really nice progression with the squad. And I guess, yeah, now it's the, the challenge is there, the gauntlet is there, that we have to make the most of this opportunity because, yeah, it just, it, it's there. It's there. The opportunity is there for the taking. And I, I think I heard someone talking about, might have been Greaves or someone was saying that, like, this is, or no, I think it was Slater saying something about, like, this is the potentially the, you know, the biggest opportunity in some of their footballing careers right now is this, mo- like, these moments in the next couple few months, if they can make the playoffs somehow, you know, get through, make to the Prem, that this is going to be the, this is going to be the, the potentially, like, you know, the highlight of their careers, you know, is playing in the Premier League, so. It is. Uh, I sort of, I don't like us putting, I don't want us to put all the eggs in the one basket. And I, I take your point from earlier that there are financial implications. I mean, we, we released our accounts yesterday. I, I'm still a little bit curious about that because I think when you take into account the KLP sale, we only lost maybe five or six million. So coupled with the previous year where we lost six or seven million as well, I think I want to say that even if this year we've lost a lot more because we haven't had a big player sale, I I, I can't see us. I, I mean, I, I'm, I, I'm 
if we don't go up, I expect someone like a Philogene will probably go, um, which will be really sad. But um, if we can get a really good fee for him, I don't mm. see it as being, you know, this year or bust for us. And I and I think we put ourselves in a really good position. We've got a really good squad. Obviously, someone like a Carvalho won't be back here next year. Morden won't be back here next year, most likely. Um, Giles, I think, would be. Delap probably wouldn't be either. Um I just don't want it to like I think I think playoffs is now the minimum expectation. I mm. don't think promotion should be viewed in the same way though, because I think like mm. you said, the teams in the playoff places are ferocious. Like you've you've hypothetically, if it's South if it's if it's the table finished it the way it is now, the only team I'd probably confidently back us against is West Brom. I think Ipswich is probably a 50-50 proposition. And granted, I mean, Leeds, we actually went toe-to-toe with the last time we played them, although we did need that red card to road on early in the second half to really get to grips with it. And even then, I don't think we had a shot on target, which we should have because Trey Ray missed an absolute sitter. Um, so so in saying that, I'm sort of talking myself around. I think we're a chance <laughs> against them, but they're all very good sides. And on their yeah. day... Um, have very good squads that could put us away. Um, and so I, I, I'd hate for us to get to a position where we make the playoffs and we lose in the semifinals and it's a disaster and we should sack Rossini and we need mm. to rip up the squad. And I think we're in a really, really good position. And, I, and I've said, well, I've thought for at least the last, I don't know, three months or something, we're almost in the perfect position to really strengthen, to consolidate and aim for automatics next season. Because I look at the sides coming down as presumably going to be Burnley, Chef United, and one of Luton, Everton, Palace, maybe. And so I think that spot, maybe if it's a Palace or an Everton, might be the side that goes and does a Leicester from this season or Burnley from last season. Who knows? I And, you know, Burnley coming down, sure, they might go straight back up as well. I don't know. But it, it's a much weaker relegated three potentially than we saw this year um so if anything i see us having a better chance of going up automatically next year you've got a more settled squad potentially um but i also take like slater's point like this is a really solid opportunity we've got the squad here here and now who knows what's going to happen next year who knows what injuries or sales or what players other teams bring in can do like squads are now locked in for the rest of the season we know what we've got we know what everyone else has got um, I just, maybe it's not wanting to get my hopes up or something. I don't know if that's what it is about it, but I'm just like, I don't want us to get so fixated on promotion that if mm. we don't get promoted, it's like considered a disaster. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm certainly not like that. I think, I mean, we've got ourselves in a position where like, as you said, playoffs should be the minimum expectation, but I think, um, you know, promotion is, is an outside chance, but it's mm-hmm. certainly a chance. And I think yeah. realistically, you, you have to set that as the goal. You have yeah. to set, you know, promotion as a goal um, and, and go from there. Because if you set, like, if you if you set the goal at playoffs, then you're not, then, and you may, and you finish top six, then, like, you basically go, it doesn't yeah. matter what happens from here. Yeah, um, when it does. Where, it does. Yeah, so, but, um, yeah, it's, it's certainly interesting um i just think yeah it's, it's going to be um a really interesting finish to the season i think i was just thinking um, when you were talking before about the squad that we have and the last time we made promotion i was wondering your thoughts do you think that this that we currently is this is the 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 best championship squad we've ever had it's an interesting question. I actually saw it raised as a question for the uh, the 1904 oh, podcast okay. uh, earlier in the week. I, 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 the way I sort of thought about it was, I think this squad has the most potential of a squad that we've had in terms of we've got some really strong young talent in the squad. But when I look at, for example, El Mahamedy, uh, Robertson, you know, Huddleston, Diami. Snodgrass, Hernandez, those sorts of guys. I think I, you're never going to have like one squad perfectly outweighs mm. another squad. I think I look at like Philogene and I'm like, I think he's the most talented sort of player in that position that I've seen in a city shirt in terms mm. of what he can do with the ball at his feet and that sort of thing. So I'm like, it's so hard to compare them. Um, 
It's definitely it's definitely the best squad we've had since that promotion season. And I say that including that Premier League season, because even though we had, you know, your Grzycki and, and all those guys came in in the second half of the season, I still think as like a complete unit and in terms of how they're playing together, this seems to be this seems to be the best squad that we've had. Um, that promotion, which I mean, in saying that, I mean obviously a lot of those players were in that promotion squad, so it is basically the same squad. But we lost a few, I think, like we lost the army, and then Snodgrass and Livermore left as well. I, I, look, I think it's a really close one. I think the only thing that's holding it back for me is the striking position. Um, I think, prob- and, and maybe goalkeeper. I mean, we haven't seen Panda yet, so we don't know what he's like. Um, I mean, it's a good sort of segue to talk about Ohio had his debut, came off the bench in this one and didn't really convince. Um, I don't think the pitch helped him. I think he misjudged a few balls through the air, things like that, um, which it's really hard to make a complete judgment off him on 20 minutes. Um, I'm hoping in these coming couple of games that we've got, we can see a bit more of what he can do. Um, but I'd love it if he can score a couple of goals over the next few games and really get up and running, then that sort of eases that question in my mind mm. um but it's i think it's tricky to answer until the end of the season mm. i think if we're sitting here at the end of the season and this side's gone up and we can say of the of the three sort of playoff teams that we've had which is the best which you know, once they've done it then i think it's a much easier discussion to at least have to be able yeah. to say look these yeah. guys now have that on their cv um but at the moment it's all potential i think but what yeah, would you think? I, I just think, um, I mean, I probably am with you, similar to you as well. It is tough and it's hard to say like outright which one's better, but I just think the almost almost position for position, man for man, that the guys that we have currently are probably at, like in terms of maybe technical ability are yeah. almost all superior. Um, yeah. You know, barring a few exceptions, I would, you know, say, you know, someone like, um, like El Mohammadi, over coil probably um certainly is one of the most you know best on the ball we've probably ever had could hit just about anyone on his day anyone on a sixpence anywhere on the field so um but and probably goalkeeper as well mm. um who did we have been mcgregor was, i think was it mcgregor yeah, yeah. i was gonna say because he was um really really good for us for for a few years so um i i think and Hernandez, and, and pro- yeah, and probably Hernandez as just a striker who was just scoring goals for fun. Mm. Um, as you say, I think that's sort of the one, probably almost the one piece that's missing is we haven't been able to get, you know, we haven't got a twenty-goal striker in us at the moment. Um, so, but yeah, I, 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 I mean, yeah, it depends how it all plays out. But I'm kind of actually leaning towards, you know, the current. I kind of lean towards the current squad and almost say like these, this just this is so impressive, and I don't know whether that's you know, I just think back and I go, no, no, you know, no offense to you know, Klukas or Myler or any of those sorts of guys who were sort of there, but you just go, you've got, you know, Tyler Morton who is just, you know, ripping it up and it's just doing it all. I go, he's just oozes class compared to like, we seem to have sort of a few more grafters um, maybe in the squad than we sort of do. Um, now, even someone like Livermore who is very handy in the wall, but I, I, Feel, I view him more as like a grafter than a yeah. really technical player. Yeah. Um, but I think that's also, I guess, you know, to do with the management. You know, Steve Bruce, he wanted those guys. He wanted guys who would, you know, work hard, you know, um, and that was sort of his approach was that, you know, we were going to work super hard as a squad and we were going to, you know, defend our backsides off and then, you know, we'd, you know, go down the wings with the wing backs and whip it in for someone, you know, Hernandez or whoever just to pop it in in, in the net. But, Whereas, the, I guess, yeah, Rosinia's system demands that we have, you know, you need to be good, good on the ball. So, um, I guess that. that so I think that's. Right. I think I think that probably plays into it. To be honest, it's the style mm. of play definitely helps yeah. because you're more excited to. So maybe I'll say this, this squad is definitely the most exciting that I can remember us having. Mm. Um, it's the side that I'm most excited to sort of stay up or wake up and watch and see what we can produce on the pitch. And and that first 20 or 30 minutes against Millwall, and I think what actually prompted this the question that I saw the other day on on quality of the squad was basically that that was the best football just about that we've seen City Mm. play outside of maybe a patch of form under Marco Silva potentially. Mm. But um, 
just in terms of the ball movement, the you know the mm. I say the creation. I mean, we didn't create that many chances against Millwall, so that, that that's still to come. But um, it felt like when that goal went in from Philogene that it was just going to be one of those fun days, and and it was unfortunate that it didn't turn out that way. But it feels like we've got one of those displays in us. Mm. Yeah, um, I guess the other talking point I think it was you sort of touched on it was the state of the pitch, which is mm. was just horrendous, um, and it's just it's embarrassing to 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 you know play on to beam that to show that that pitch to the world. I don't um, know how you what do you, how do you how do you talk to new signings about it as well? Like, do you just say to yeah. them, "Yeah, we know it's shit." Like. Like, and it, must it's so, so, like, it must be so embarrassing. It must be. And it's so, like, antithetical to, like, the approach that we've just been yeah. talking about, the way that Rosini wants to play football, which is, you know, on the ground and nice crisp passing, and that's, like, impossible to do on a shit pitch. And obviously, you know, we all know the situation. It's a shared ground and shared with the bloody rugby league team and all sorts but of But they haven't even been playing. That's the thing is that they haven't even but, been playing on it. Their season yeah, hasn't started but, yet. It's 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 all so, the bad weather. And I'm like, yeah, so. I, I get it, but I'm also, like, Every other club in the championship is, well, okay, different parts of the country will have different mm. weather, but there are other, you know, like Sunderland and I'm just testing my geography here, but Rotherham, Chef Wednesday, those guys, they're all geographically pretty close. Middlesbrough, they're all pretty close mm. to us. Um, and, you know, I'm not over there. I don't know what the weather's like in different parts of, of northern mm. England, but I would imagine that it's not so different that their pitches are so much better than ours. Um I think I did see that Tan said that each each off season they basically strip the top layer off and reseed the grass, mm. um, but that this off season they're actually going to full on like put in a new pitch because that pitch has been there for so long now. It's so, like so maybe that's mm. more the issue that it's a wear and tear of that like the like, yeah it's, the dirt it and everything. It's been too long since it's been refurbished or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I guess the the positive is that they're. They're not just going to try and you know hire sweep the problem under the rug. That if they are yeah. going to address it properly and and just you know whole new everything, um, it'll probably mean potentially the start of next season. We might still have some um, be a little bit rough as it still sort of all sets and settles in. But um, hopefully you know long term that you know that, that it's going to make an improvement. I think there. I saw that the rugby league team has like a six week block where they're not playing at home which is after our season finishes which i think is when that refurb would be planned for i did see someone say like if we make the playoffs it sort of eats into that six-week block so i don't know what the plan is if that was to happen i guess it's a good problem to have um but yeah look it's funny that actually in the run-in it's that it might actually be better for us playing teams away from home because we'll be playing on a better pitch um and, and you know we've got leicester and I want to say Ipswich, I think, are the two of the top four who have to actually play us at home. In a way, playing possession-heavy sides like them at home might bring them down to our level, ironically, somehow. Um, so who knows? But um, Leicester, we already beat them once. I'm not worried about well, that. Well, that's it. It'll be, it'll, be, it'll be funny if we actually end up doing the double over them somehow, um, given given how this could all play out. But, um, yeah, it's it's a really unfortunate one with the pitch. Um, as you say, it's so ironic given the way that we want to play football um, to have arguably one of the worst pitches in the division. I think I heard that, you know, talking about Rotherham, I think Rotherham are the other ones who have a pitch that's not looking great. Um, but Chef Wednesday and stuff are, are doing a lot better. So, uh, yeah, be interesting to see how that one pans out. Hey, look, um, we'll do our we'll do our votes for this game because um, oh, we've sort of danced around a few topics, and <laughs> we can we can do a quick wrap up of the window before we do the previews. Um, yeah. But did you want to start with your votes? Um, sure. Uh, I'm just going to go pretty quick. I thought about this very briefly beforehand, and I thought I'm going to go Philogene for the three, um, a goal, and a, quite a few really impressive contributions. I think there's a moment in the second half where he um, loses the ball, goes and wins it back, mm. beats two players, a couple of one-twos, takes it up the other end, uh, sort of gets held up, and then sort of takes on two and wins a throw down in their territory. So just a few, like, you know, really impressive um, Just back from an moments, injury. It's, it's, it's awesome yeah, to see what he's doing. And I think yeah. it's it, that's... You know, I think that's always the worry when a player has sort of a, a, a bit of a fair stint off that, you know, can they come back and recapture the form? And, you know, I don't know, it feels like it's our, our, the experience of Hull City that normally they can't sort of come back and hit the ground running. But, um, you know, luckily he seems oh, And I was surprised have. he played the full 90. Um, mm. 
for more than one reason. I, I was surprised he had the fitness to play the 90, but also he got a yellow card and then gave away a pretty uh, sort of silly free kick not not too long after. And I, I was worried for a second he was going to get a second yellow, but didn't. And I thought, surely that's a good enough excuse just to sub him off and give him a rest. But he played the full 90 uh, and, and did all right. Yeah, so I've gone three points to Philogene, and then I'm going to go uh, two points to Zorori for, um, you know, a reasonably impressive debut for us. Um, you know, set the goal up by, with his own attempt at goal. Um, and then one point to Giles, who, again, I thought, you know, for they haven't been at the club for very long um, before that game, and to, to gel in and bet in so well and, and perform so strongly, um, you know, is, is testament and hopefully, you know, you know they've been able to raise you know the expect the expectation around the, the the place raise the level and we can continue to perform um at a high level for the remainder of the season yeah absolutely um i've gone uh two fan for the three votes um i thought playing as the false nine his energy and pressing and um i suppose link up play with with the rest of that front yeah. four was really great to see um I thought, yeah, I thought it was a great game from him. Um, Zero Ray for the two, as you say. I thought he had a really impressive debut, especially that first 20 or 30 minutes. Uh, again, uh, I, I don't, I just don't get how, like, him and, in, him and Giles having not played together before, the way that they were linking up, playing mm-hmm. one twos, and even sort of dummy runs and, and things like that, which you think would come after playing together for weeks and weeks uh, on the training ground, um, for them to have was uh, was awesome to see. So definitely the two votes for him. And then, yeah, Philogene for the one. I thought uh, his work rate, um, his two-way running. The only thing I docked him points for, which is why I didn't get higher votes for me, is he, he sort of reminded me that um, he, he has this tendency, if he has a really good first half, he seems to go missing for p- patches of the second half, um, which is, you know, I mean, look, he's coming back from an injury, so fitness will be a bit of an issue for him as well. So it's not too big a criticism, but... Uh, yeah, just the one vote from me. Um, well, let's do a quick sort of discussion. Um, we've sort of already touched on it a little bit, but just in terms of the window um, closing um, late last week, the comings and goings. Obviously, Zorori and uh, Irma uh, confirmed on deadline day. There was at one point rumours. It's a shame because we fall asleep and, and miss a, a big chunk of the final day. The rumour started and was dismissed um, whilst we were asleep just about with Callum Chambers, I think I saw just before I went to sleep him being linked to West Brom and sort of half jokingly to myself thought, oh, we seem to be in for everyone. Why don't why don't we have a crack at getting him as well? And it turned out we did actually get quite, quite close to signing him. Um, would have been like sort of a centre-back, right-back covering role for him, which would have been um, something that we probably would have needed. Um, but we also saw quite a few players go out on loan. We saw what Vaughan went to Bristol Rovers Um who else went out? Lakilo. Woods, Woods went, went out, out again. Woods went out. Um, obviously, Ali was sold. Uh, Cynic uh, went back o- to Turkey. Oscar moved from. Uh, no, I think so. So Brazil, that hasn't happened. So oh. Brazil's Brazil's window is still open. Um, so I think he's training with the club, but the moves apparently looking shaky. Oh, I was, okay. and so I was saying today because I saw that it was it was sort of in doubt. I was like, it reminds me a bit of Hernandez when he got injured uh, and so didn't get sold, and then came back, came back from injury and scored a bunch of goals for us, almost against the wishes of the owners. Mm. Um, <clears throat> if Oscar sort of misses out on his move and Rosina goes, oh, well, I guess I'll have to play him in the squad, and then he ends up scoring like you know half a dozen goals for mm. us would be would be quite funny. Um, so that 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 will be an interesting one just to watch over the next couple of days. Um, but I think that was just about it. I think Lotatala went out to Doncaster as well, mm. so a few few moves like that. Yeah. But yeah, pretty pretty frantic end to the window. Um, and I think it's been pretty widely recognised to be. I'd say it's just about the strongest window in the top two divisions. Yeah, um, yeah. So just lots of movement, um, and I think like some of them are, you know, just just winding down contracts like woods for example is one where i think it's just we don't want him here but he's not really doing enough no one's really that interested so he's just shifted on a on a loan to wind that down he'll probably go on a free but i don't think we paid much for him anyway if we paid anything um yeah i think really realistically i think pretty much it's all like you can't really argue with any of the those movements 
Um, I know some people were. I think I think Andy Smith went out on loan, and there were some people. There's some murmurs that that's a bit disappointing because we sort of lose, um, you know, a piece of coverage there. But I think bringing Giles in means that you just have you've got McLaughlin just as a straight as as that backup, and you don't have to worry about, in theory, Greaves having to go to left back and then bring Macker in and then have needing an extra um, piece of cover. So I don't know. I, I think it's good that someone like Andy Smith, like those guys go do go and get game time because I think, you know, while it would be good to have him at the club and, you know, maybe come off the bench a few times, it's probably a bit more beneficial for him in the long run and for us in the long run if he goes and gets to play, you know, 10 or 12 games or something in this last, you know, last half of the season. So um, lots, I think quite a few of those young boys went out, which which is good. Um I think Vaughn as well in the same boat. It's it's mm. dis- you know in a, in a sense it's disappointing because he seems like he's going to be the next sort of our next big thing and there's still plenty of time though. like he's still very yeah. young, um, but just c- couldn't quite you know make it work enough this season to, to force his way into that first team regularly enough. So going away, um, you know, de- I think down a division or two, um, one division play, yeah. play some um, you know get some regular games, build some confidence back up. Um, you know, and have another crack, you know, next season or whatever, um, I think is good for him. Um, Michaela just had to go somewhere else. Um, it, and it's fine. It's just one of those ones that just hasn't worked out. And I yeah. think... Um, it was a cheap gamble that, you know, yeah, they're not always going to pay off. Yeah. Um, it's, it, it wasn't a huge thing. It's not, you know, it's not like the alley where we've paid th- $3 million or something or Simic, for it. Yeah. And, and it just hasn't, and it's been a bit of a slow burn. But luckily, we've managed to get a bit of money back. Um, for Ali, at least, um, cynic, just, I don't even know what happened there. Just, just never, just never, just, just, ne- he played like three games and in all that, and just been on, I don't know, injury table, treatment table or homesick the whole time. So it's been, it's just been a weird one, but again, yeah. again, you know, you go, well, these are two, two or three misses that you're talking about, but just think about all the players that have come in in that time that have actually been really successful. Um, and, and I think we have done really well, not just this window, but I think over the last probably two or three windows in building up a squad um, of quality, we've just been making sort of incremental progress each time. And you're almost looking at the squad now going, okay, well, if, if this is the benchmark that we have now, then come end of the season, you know, you're going guys like Doherty, Traore, uh, maybe McLaughlin, some of those guys we're going, you know, there are probably some spots we can make upgrades. Obviously, we've got a lot of, you know, a bit of a lone army at the moment as well. So there's going to be some holes to fill, but potentially a couple of those um, get turned into to permanence. But it's interesting. Yeah. I mean, even in talking about that, so Irma coming in um, feels almost like, and same with Panda in a sense, is that it feels like we've almost taken two bits of business we would have done in the summer and just made those moves six months early to give those guys a chance to bet in with the squad, mm-hmm. get used to England and acclimatise. And that's, it sort of plays into my point earlier about almost it not being the end of the world if we don't go up this season and, and aiming for the automatics next season also makes sense because you think, if you've got guys like Omer who, who've come into the squad and not been sort of required to hit the ground running and to instead just, um, you know, get their chances as they as they come up to fitness, as they get to know the squad, et cetera. Omer to me. Bob is awake. All good. Just keep talking. I'll be listening. All good. Um, it's, it's almost as if um, Omer has been brought in to fill that spot that we've essentially, you know, it was originally twine at the start of the season Cavalio from January, it's almost like we've said, okay, well, obviously we want a, a, a permanent replacement for that position in summer. We've got Irma who's available now. Let's bring him in. Um, so it's almost as if we've already got that replacement for Cavalio in the squad. Giles, I would expect, will make permanent. Morton's probably the one where I'm like, we probably just need someone in the summer to come into that position. Maybe it's we get another player on loan um, from Liverpool or whoever, uh, and obviously striker as well. Where at the moment it's Delap mm-hmm. or um, or Ohio at the moment, um, and you know Sharp as well is probably going to go because it's a short term mm-hmm. contract. So so there is a few little gaps still in the squad, and yeah, maybe you look at right back and say you want someone a bit more attacking than and, and high quality than Coyle. Who knows? 
and as you say, maybe it's centre back as well. Because you know, if in the summer we we say, well, we need to make some money, we're going to sell a player. Maybe we sell Greaves, or maybe we do sell Philogene, and then mm. those. I almost see that that's like a one out, one in situation, mm. um, because I think we've got a quality squad enough now that when we start to lose those players, we're actually getting significant fees for them. It's not like we're, mm. it's not like we're selling a, a like a honeyman, you know, for mm. five hundred grand or whatever we got for him. Like it's actually top quality players. Where if we're losing mm. them, we're getting a good fee. You think like guys like Ryan Longman to come back in the squad, who, who presumably will try to sell. Um, wouldn't get as high a fee for him. But, you know, there there's a lot of players in our squad that hopefully if we're looking to make a few sales in the summer, they do start to give us a reasonable amount of income. It's not, you know, a yeah. James Scott or someone like that. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, it's a fair, fair point that uh, I guess, yeah, it would be, be interesting to see how it all plays out in the summer. And obviously it's all going to be very dependent on how this season um ends up and i guess yeah. that starts uh yeah this week this weekend yeah it's a great segue because I, <laughs> I i'm i'm looking at the time it's been a been a long episode so look we'll, we'll talk these two games in conjunction because it is a pretty similar discussion across the two games they're both very winnable games um against sides really struggling for form um swansea now managed by luke williams who's been there since the start of january um haven't won a game under him yet they've lost three in a row um after drawing his first game whereas Rotherham have Liam Richardson, um, who's been there since December, um, and they've um, they've not been too good most recently. Um, I think they've only won one game actually since his appointment, um, and we beat them 4-1 back in November. Of course, casting our minds back to that Swansea fixture uh, was the game that we watched together 2-0 uh, down at halftime and clawed back to a 2-2 draw. So we remember that one quite well. Um, but, yeah... I, I look, so Swansea game is obviously at home. Um, so again, on, on a poor pitch, um, but it's been a week. We've got, we've got, you know, a week on the training pitch under the, under the belts for the new guys. Uh, and then we go away to Rotherham midweek. It's, it's hard not to look at this and think, well, this should be six points. Mm. I mean, it, I, I think had maybe probably either of the last two games had the result been anything different, I'd probably be maybe a little bit more. Um, hesitant about that sort of declaration. But I think, you know, you go into these two games with a little bit of form behind you, with, you know, the exciting new players, um, with, you know, I think really is, and just some of those important holes filled. I think, you know, that the the importance, I think, of getting a quality left back into to, to that, to fill that spot, I think is, you know, not something that can be understated. Um, and I think I'm hoping that, you know, he continues to prove me right in that um, with that sentiment. But I, yeah, I, I sort of tend to I tend to agree with you that this is six points begging. And I think we're also like an opportunity to really um, start buffering up mm-hmm. that goal difference as well. I think, you know, Millwall, that was probably a chance gone begging to just add another two or three um, to our goal difference. But I think across this. Um, these couple of fixtures, I think realistically, it, it's the opportunity there again to just say like, you know, because I, I think we're only about plus six or something. Um, uh, yeah, I, I was actually just having a look at the table because we're talking, um, we're talking, um, you know, potentially six points and potentially buffering the goal difference. It's also about buffering up a spot in the top six. And, and I thought, hmm. I'll have a look at who West Rom's next three games are just to get a sense of if there's a chance that they might be dropping points in the next few games. West Rom's next three games are Ipswich, Cardiff, and Southampton. So you think of those three games, surely they're dropping at least, call it three points minimum, I'd say. Um, So you think if we were to win the next two games there's every chance that we're actually sitting in fifth as we go into, I think, is it Huddersfield that we have after Rotherham? So you don't want to be counting our chickens before they hatch too much, Mm. but it's a really, really strong opportunity to not only um, sort of solidify a spot in the top six, but actually move up to fifth and and start to to look up rather than down necessarily. Yeah, and I think um, as well as that, it's, you know, trying to recreate that some sort of a buffer again, um, we had it, we lost it, um, mm. and now, you know, moving into that, that this, you know, we're not quite in the run-in yet, but in this this last sort of se- section of the season, this second half is really then just about, yeah, as you say, consolidating, but also just creating that buffer, making that safety net um, between um, us and the chasing pack and just trying to, you know, make that future um, or, or the 
finish to the season as safe as possible as as soon as possible. Um, yeah, and, and I think for once I we're think, talking about safety, not in the sense of safety from relegation, yeah. which is really weird, but very nice. Yeah. <laughs> I think as well when I look at because it always feels as if as soon as we have that opportunity to create that buffer, we seem to drop points. Like I think back to that Chef Wednesday game as an example. It seems that it's because we just don't have the personnel to make the changes to to try something different in the game. Um, and I now look at our squad and I look at the fact, as I said at the start, that you've got like your Zerure and your Philogene and your, you know, your Irmo if you need to throw him off the bench, Carvalho as well. Like there's a lot of talent in that front line that if one player's off his game, it's not as if that's, you know, defining mm. for us as, as it once was. Yeah, I think um, that our, our bench now is is looks a lot um healthier than it did i think even on the weekend there was two young like young lads yeah and the rest were you know fairly seasoned professionals so um it does make a big difference um and as i think i mentioned before Connolly hopefully isn't i don't, I don't know what the extent of his shoulder injury is but hopefully yeah not. hopefully it's not as bad as his toe <laughs> well yeah i mean it's weird he's yeah very strange um oh, Connolly. I, I think like his pain threshold is quite low. Stuff. It does sort of seem that way. Um, that, but yeah, if a bit, if, a bit of a twinge in the shoulder, it's going to be another week. You know, it's not. I mean, I don't know about twinge. You did bloody cop it. Oh, oh yeah, he, he definitely did. He definitely did. But it's you know, as the weeks go by, you start to go. Oh, it's it can't but, be. I mean, yeah, it's not who, knows, who knows what it is? Um, yeah. But I mean, somebody knows, just not us. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, look, another potentially, hopefully, in the next few games, few weeks, is another cob that we can add to that. Um, you know. Um, yeah, to, to, to the wheel again. Um, I think, you know, if you're as much as Tyler Sellers Fleming has a, has a bright future right now, I probably rather Connolly on the bench than mm. Sellers Fleming or, or, you know, Connolly starting and two fan on the bench or, or whatever. Mm. Yeah. Um, and suddenly you've got, yeah, a really quality, you know, um, yeah, full, full match day, what is it, 18 or whatever, yeah. um, going in week to week. So I think, you know, it's been good business. We've got ourselves in a good position, you know, again, after almost trying very hard a couple of times this season to throw a good position away. Um, we've, we've, we've reconsolidated. We're in a great position for this last, um, you know, know somewhere between a half and a quarter. Half, yeah. I call it a, you know, something, quarter, section of the season. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, a good opportunity to be in the next week or so to, to nab six points and, and really just start nailing that um, nailing that home. So really excited. Yeah, absolutely. Um, score predictions for these two? <laughs> I was thinking about this before and I was like, would it be rude of me? As, as much as I was talking about buffering our goal difference, we're two one nils in a row. How many one nils in a row do you think we go? And what's the record yeah. for the number of one nils in a you know in a row? Um, no, I, I reckon we get a couple. I, I'd see maybe like yeah, probably probably like a two nil maybe against Swansea. I think the the last time we played them, it was a weird game. I really didn't. They didn't seem like they had that much. They sort of we yeah. actually were playing really well, or they just had a I think couple that was of opportunities like, and sort of. That was one of Allsop's first bad games where I think mm. he kind of cost us the goals. Um, where outside of the goals, they didn't really offer mm. that much. Yeah, so I think I don't think they were that strong. Um, so I can see us. Um, yeah, sort of. We see we seem to have the defense maybe a little bit settled again now, where we're sort of keeping some clean sheets semi regularly. Um, so I can see us, yeah, going like maybe like a two nil, um, and then I don't know. I can I one of these games it'll be one of those dog shit goals that we can see. It'll be a three one or something like that at Rotherham again, where they they're going to score on like their first kick of the game, and then we'll go and wipe the floor with them. Yeah, Rotherham Rotherham seem to be. I don't, I don't have the stats in front of me. They seem to be a side that we do like to beat up on, which there aren't that many because I feel like we tend to not. Like, mm. like, for example, Huddersfield seemed to be an absolute bogey side where we feel like we should be beating them and then they kind of scrap a 1-0 win against us mm. and it's really frustrating. Um, whereas Rotherham, like I remember the game earlier in the season when we beat them 4-1 and, and I think going into it, we were really nervous that we were going to stuff it up. And then was it Philogene scored after like three minutes and then mm. Wine got a tap in and then Philogene had his back heel and we were kind of going, yeah, okay, this isn't this isn't as stressful as it was going to be. Um, 
Uh, yeah, I I think like maybe a 2-0 or a 2-1 against Swansea, I, I agree. I, I don't know if that's going to be as comprehensive. Um, I haven't seen a whole lot of them under their new manager, so I don't know what they're, they're playing like at the moment. But, you know, three losses in a row, they're not doing too well. Um, and then Rotherham, yeah, I reckon like a 4-0. I think I tipped a 4-0 against Millwall and, and thought I was looking pretty good early on um, and it didn't eventuate. But I'll, I'll go the 4-0 against Rotherham, so hopefully we can get a couple more goals. And, and yeah, I guess looking at that fixture for West Brom as well, just sort of underlines just how important it is to take those um, take, take these wins if we can bank them. Because as much as it's about the number of points we're inside the top six, if you start to put teams between you and teams outside mm. the top six, it actually means it's harder to be displaced because they have to sort of jump over the other team as well. Mm. So it, it does help in that sense as well. If we could get up to fifth... Um, also, you know, as we were talking about at the start of the episode, now that the battle for the top two is heating up, if you avoid the team that comes third, it might actually be quite beneficial as well. So fifth is actually something pretty decent to play for. Um, so it'll be interesting. But look, there's still there's still plenty of games to go. I think it's really only when you get to maybe 10 games left that you can really start to focus on all those machinations. Um so we'll just have to knock these two games off and see where we're at. But look, thank you for joining me for this one. Yeah, no problems. And thanks, everyone, for listening in. Uh, Hopefully we're back this time next week with another two wins under our belts uh, and six points to talk about. But until then, come on, City. You've been listening to the official Hull City Australia podcast, The Tigers Down Under. For more discussion, join us on Facebook at the Hull City AFC Australia Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Hull City AFC Oz. The music was created by Amber Black. All the city's on fire Where the burning desire Tigers are roaring and destiny's calling Cause now is the time Yeah, the city's on fire Going higher and higher There's no turning back Cause you're out